Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. And by Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, From the Short Grass, here is your host, Trey Shap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Shap. Coming up on this edition of From the Short Grass, I sit down with one of the state's best amateur golfers ever, and he has the titles to back it up. He is a member of the Arkansas State Golf Association Hall of Fame, has won multiple stroke play and match play championships, and he has been named ASGA Men's Player of the Year five times. Before we get to that interview, I want to bring you some major news from the United States Golf Association. USGA CEO Mike Wan made a major announcement last week in regards to the USGA Women's Open. Here is a snippet from that press conference. In 2022, when we play the U.S. Women's Open presented by Permedica at Pine Needles, we'll be playing for a purse of $10 million, which is up from our $5.5 million purse just last year. Beyond that, we're making the commitment that $10 million will become $12 million over the next few years that follow. So we'll go from 10 to 11 to 12 in the near future. If you're lucky enough to lift that up on a Sunday at Pine Needles, you'll make $1.8 million that week. And that's the kind of change that I think can not only be lasting for the person who makes it, but can be lasting for the six-year-old, nine-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old dreaming of raising that thing and realizing that her dream is uh, different today than it was yesterday. That thing USGA CEO Mike Wan is talking about is the Harton S. Simple Trophy that goes to the winner of the U.S. Women's Open each year. And not to mention a hefty check starting this year, $1.8 million to the winner of this year's United States Women's Open. That will be contested at Pine Needles Lodging Golf Club in Southern Pines, North Carolina. Some future sites of the U.S. Women's Open, 2023 Pebble Beach Golf Links, 2024 Lancaster Country Club in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 2025 Aaron Hills, 2026 Riviera Country Club, 2027 Inverness Club in Toledo, Ohio, 2028 and 2038 Oakmont Country Club in Oakmont, Pennsylvania, 2029 Pinehurst Resort and Country Club, the number two course, 2030 Interlochen Country Club in Minnesota, 2031 and 2042 Oakland Hills Country Club in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, 2034 and 2046 Marion Golf Club in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. The U.S. Women's Open stepping up its game. 
that's not the only thing the USGA is doing. They are adding an exemption category to the U.S. Open Championship that will begin with the 2023 championship at the Los Angeles Country Club's North Course. The cumulative points leader from the 2022 Corn Ferry Tour season, which begins Sunday, January the 16th, using combined points from the Corn Ferry Tour's 23-event regular season and the three-event Corn Ferry Tour finals, will earn an exemption for the following year into the U.S. Open. Also stepping up their game, Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. Find them on the web at bphotels.com. Search their properties that they manage when you need a place to stay around the great state of Arkansas. bphotels.com. We're back with more from the Shortgrass after this. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. Welcome back to From the Shortgrass. On the tee, one of the best amateurs to ever play the game in the state of Arkansas. Here is Wes McNulty. Wes McNulty, welcome to From the Shortgrass. Do you remember the first time you ever picked up a golf club? I do. I was uh, probably nine at the time, nine or ten years old. We were still living at the farm. I grew up in a, a little town called Cheryl. I think there's a population of one or two there now. But uh, <laughs> um, my dad, who didn't play much golf, got a, a set of clubs at a uh, at a garage sale because he was going to start playing golf. And I took it, and, and he told me that if I could ever hit it over the road that was in front of our uh, our house there, that he would take me to play golf. It took me a day or so. I was going to say, it probably didn't take you long, did it? <laughs> didn't take me long. You tell you tell a young buck like you, you can't do something, you're going to find a way to do I'll, it. I'll try. That motivates me, absolutely. What other sports did you play growing up? I was basketball, baseball, very heavy into baseball. We were – Pine Bluff was just a huge baseball town. And uh, I think that from the time I was 11 till I was 18, we won the state title every year except one. For whether it was Little League, Legion, Babe Ruth. We went to two World Series, one in Legion, I think, when I was 16. And we went to the 13-year-old Babe Ruth World Series in Frederick, Maryland. Wow. And uh, that was a real neat experience. And so were you playing at Taylor Field then? We played at Taylor Field when we got to Babe Ruth. Yeah. And uh, we never had a Babe Ruth World Series here in Pine Bluff when, when I was growing up. But in Pine Bluff, there were five – Little leagues, uh, little league, different divisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a, and there were eight teams a piece. There were forty little league teams with twelve kids a piece in Pine Bluff when I was growing up. So how did you balance trying to play your golf, 
but also baseball because during the summer, I mean, both of those sports coincide. Yeah, your your little your baseball coaches didn't like me playing golf, and um, it wasn't ever a problem until I got into high school. I really didn't play any competitive golf till I was about sixteen. I, I, we moved uh, into Pine Bluff. I was lucky enough to move right beside Pine Country Club, and there was a pro there named George McEwen. Mm-hmm. And he took me under his wing, and, and one day I was out there playing, just practicing one day, and he told me, because I was going to go to Louisiana Tech to play baseball. He told me, he says, the one thing that you'll realize is that you don't have to have anybody with you to practice when you play golf. If baseball, you're going to have to have people to practice. you got to have someone throw the ball to you, got you to. or you got to have someone hit it to you if you're going to field, right? That's or right. Or even catch when you throw. And, and I know uh, – you know, I, I was I was a decent enough pitcher to to actually get drafted. Uh, I, I think it was the thirty fourth round or something like that by the Cincinnati Reds. But I, I probably peaked when I was in the ninth grade because I was six foot one eighty in the ninth grade and could throw yeah. it in the low eighties. It didn't grow anymore. It didn't grow anymore. But it, you know, it, the coaches didn't like me playing uh, golf. They, you know, they always wanted to blame you popping a baseball up or something like that. My dad, he was very wise. When, he, when I was 14 or 15 years old, he gave me a book by Charlie Lau, and, and his, uh, he was the hitting instructor for George Brett. George Brett was my idol. Okay. I loved George Kansas Brett. Kansas City Royals. That's right. Did you put pine tar on your bat, too? Uh, way up there. And, and then I came <laughs> off and got ejected out of every game. <laughs> but, yeah, it uh, – uh, so he, he wrote a book called The Art of Hitting 300. Everything in his book was related to a golf swing. It really changed my philosophy and my dad's philosophy because he was trying to, you know, validify the fact that golf didn't affect baseball. But you couldn't get that through the old-timers' heads in, in Pine oh, Bluff. No. no way. No. But, uh, you know, I didn't play any competitive golf until I was about 16. And then I still hadn't played. I, I played one junior tournament my whole life. I was um, ended up not going to Louisiana Tech. I ended up going to ULR, uh, played baseball there for a semester, and decided that I didn't want to play baseball anymore, and I just went out to the driving range. And I know this is totally illegal now, but the coach there at the time, and I think his name was Kevin Anglin, very nice guy. I was out to driving range one day, and he came by, and he said, why don't you hit some more balls? And he said, do you play golf? And I said, not really. He said, he says, "Won't you come play golf at ULR?" So I just like that, just like that, from seeing you just, on the driving range. That's it. That's it. And then there was a, a a player there at the time. His name was Chip Meadows. Very nice guy. I think he still lives in Little Rock, and hadn't talked to him in years. But he said, "Hey, coach, you won't you get this guy to come play golf?" So right then and there, I I, I was on the ULR golf team. I played that semester, and then ULR canceled their program. Oh wow! Yeah. So what did you do then? So I, you know, I didn't know what to do. Uh, so I, basically, I decided I didn't want to play baseball anymore. And um, so I came home and uh, went to UAPB just to stay in school, worked here at the farm. And um, uh, George McEwen really kind of took me under his wing, and, and we played golf five days a week. And I learned more in that one year playing golf with him every day than I have the 30 years since. Sure. And I was lucky, and I don't know whether this was by accident or whether this was set up, but they had uh, – and I started playing some ASGA events, and I went to Stuttgart, 
and I got paired with Bill Woodley, who was a coach at Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. And after we got through, he asked if I wanted to walk on. And uh, so I walked on to Fayetteville the next year and, and played there for three more years. Wow. Yeah. Kind of an interesting trek from yeah. Little Rock to Pine Bluff to Fayetteville. <laughs> That's right. It was a, an interesting trek. I, I look back on it now. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have a clue how to play golf then. Um, you know, it was just I knew how to hit a golf ball forward straight. Yeah. I didn't have a clue how to play golf, but I learned a lot that I, you know, that I didn't think I was really learning anything because I was there with Dean Pappas and Brendan Pappas and Jack O'Keefe and David White. We were the five traveling uh, uh, golfers back then for for two years. That's a stack team. Yeah, we went to the NCAA yeah. for two years. Had a had a uh, you know a good period, but I was the weak link uh, because I didn't really. You know, like I said, I could hit a golf ball, but I didn't have a clue how to play golf. When you were playing and you said that the baseball coaches growing up didn't really like you playing. They didn't. There's a story about one time when you were playing in a, in a tournament. Maybe that was the one tournament you decided to play in when you were a junior. It was a men's tournament. Okay. And it was a state match play that was But how Hall's old Wood. were you? I was 17. 17 yeah. in an ASGA men's tournament. That's right. I was 17. And it was at Rosswood, and, and I didn't, you know, hadn't played any tournament golf. And George said, hey, there's a, a tournament here. Why don't you go try to qualify for it? And, I, you know, I told Dad. I was, he said, yeah, you, you can go qualify for it. So we went and played, and I shot 75, I think, in a qualifier, kind of placed in the middle of the pack. Uh, I played uh, two matches uh, that morning, uh, I mean that day, and I can't. I know the last match I played uh, was Pete. I know I played Petey King in the morning, and then mm-hmm. I played Oscar Taylor in the afternoon, who was a great local yeah. golfer. You know, kind of legendary around here. I had to go extra holes with him, but it, I was scheduled to pitch that night in our district tournament against Sheridan. So I got to. You know, I ran from the golf course, put on my baseball uniform, went out and played. Uh, I went out for the baseball. Uh, field and the coach grabbed me and says I heard you've been playing golf all day I don't know how he knew that right you know I, I have no idea I said yes sir and he he looked at me and he says if you make one bleeping mistake he says I'm gonna pull you so fast you won't know what hit you so I threw a new hitter and hit two home runs that night <laughs> so he couldn't pull me I was gonna say you didn't make any mistake I struck out 17 that night oh, wow. yeah so so there were no so, mistakes well did you walk off the mound then and say what do you hey how about that coach well I was a little hot-headed yeah. back then and uh after the the uh after the, the game was over I did go up to him and I asked him was that good enough and his response was <laughs> he said yeah <laughs> you can go play golf anytime <laughs> you want right. before the game that's right so what that's happened right. in that tournament Played two more matches the next day and won both of them. Yep. And played baseball that night. Yeah. And then came back the next morning and played John Daly. And? And he waxed me six and five. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But he uh, – he uh, the, the one thing I remember about that match was not – you know, obviously he hit it far. But far back then was 280. Sure. You know, it's not 320 like it is now. Right. But he did hit it far, but the main thing I remember is just how good he chipped the ball. I mean, his short game was phenomenal. I mean, any time that I missed a green, I, I was going to lose the hole. Anytime he missed a green, he hit it an inch from the hole. He really was phenomenal, and he was very nice to play with. I remember we, he was about to close me out, 
and uh, I think it was on the 12th, 13th green. And he says, why, why are you playing baseball? He asked, yeah. he said, said, why are you playing baseball? And I said, I, I really – I didn't have an answer for him because you were expected to play baseball. In Pine Bluff. In Pine Bluff. Yeah. You know, and he says, you need to go play golf. And, um, you know, that wasn't the deciding factor, but that pushed me more toward golf. I was going to say, and knowing what you know now about John Daly, that coming from him? Oh, it was a big deal because John, I don't think he just, you know, sends praises out to everybody all the time. You know, right. he was always nice to me. Even when I was at Fayetteville, John was, was very nice to me. Uh, he was glad to, you know, he told me he was glad that I went to Fayetteville. Uh, he would come by and visit. You know, every now and then after he turned pro, right before he won his first PGA, he'd come by a lot. You decided after college that you would try the pro circuit. How'd that go? Well, it, it was frustrating. I wasn't ready. Again, I, I I didn't realize that I could hit a golf ball as good as most of the other guys could, but I couldn't think like they did, and my short game wasn't good enough. I thought, uh, unfortunately, I, I was too perfection oriented you know I if 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 a shot required a, a right to left draw that needed to draw 10 feet I got mad if it drew 15 mm-hmm. uh, and and I didn't you know there was a lot of things that I just didn't realize that I needed to to accept you know I had a little bit of success I, you know the first tournament I played in I, I led the the Texarkana Nike event which is now the Corn Ferry Tour mm-hmm. Won a couple of mini tour events down in Alabama. I played uh, with Boo Weekly a lot. Um, I couldn't, you know, he was better than me. You know, there was. There I could was, imagine those conversations it, between the, those two country boy, boys. That was, uh, it was interesting. Y'all talk but, a little fishing you know, and hunting? Well, we did, but, you know, Boo took country to another level. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I have the accent, but he's got the chewing tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, he doesn't wipe, he doesn't use the towel to wipe his clubs. No, he uses he, that to wipe yeah, the shawl off his That's right. Mouth. That's right. Why he's making another birdie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And uh you know what? I, I didn't think it was uh, cool to spit on the green. He didn't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was you know, there was a lot of good players out there at the time. Uh, I see some of the guys that I play with that are now trying senior tour stuff and and uh you Have know you thought about that? Uh no. If there was one regret I've had in the first last few years, I've let myself get out of shape, and and I needed to play. If I wanted to play golf competitively, I I need to get back in shape. You had a pretty good caddy when you started out, didn't you? I well, my dad. <laughs> and uh, what's funny is I think back on it. My dad had a heart attack at fifty two. I'm fifty two. Uh, right after he got out of the hospital, and you know I was just then starting to play golf well he started caddying for me it was interesting you know I I think about trying to caddy for my sons right now and I know what he went through Mm -hmm. uh, because I wasn't the easiest person to get along with when I wasn't playing very well right especially then right I'm bad now but back then I was a lot worse so after you dabbled in the mini tours and everything you decided okay that that's not for me I'm going to come back I'm going to work at the family farm I'm going to get my amateur status. I think I turned pro in the end of 93. And my first son, Jake, was born in 97. I played that year, and and I progressively got a little worse. I, I wasn't really happy. I'd gone to see another swing instructor. 
and he turned me in. Uh, 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 he turned me from a pretty good ball striker to a bad one. wasn't his fault, but it, I mean, it. You know, I, I I was struggling, and I I pretty much quit. It wasn't until 2004 that so there was a seven year period in there where I didn't play much golf. And I'd still go out and play a little bit on my own, but I didn't compete. Mm-hmm. And in 2004, uh, I ended up playing a, a round of golf with. Now my, you know, my best friend, Chris Jenkins, he is the sole reason why I'm playing golf today. He is the one that got me to playing golf again and, and loving the game. And if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be playing golf now. And now you are one of the most well-known, best amateurs to ever play in the state of Arkansas. You're in the Arkansas Golf Association Hall of Fame. You've won 13 ASGA titles. That's stroke play and match play combined. You've won player of the year five times. Five times. You knew more than I did. That's pretty <laughs> impressive, though. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed playing golf again. And there was a stretch from 06 to 09 where I played some really, really good golf. You know, I can remember after I won – my uh, the match play that I won in 05 at Texarkana Country Club. Great course. It is a great golf course and, and great history. Mm-hmm. Just a great old-style golf course. But I remember I played six rounds of, of match play there. And when I got through, uh, I was driving home, and I remember that I did not make a bogey in six rounds. Holy cow. I did make Out one. There? I did make one double. Okay. But that was the only over par hole that I had in six rounds of golf. And I played just, you know, I was, I was hitting 16 greens around. I, you know, I just really played golf. And I got, I got, you know, as I'm driving home going down I-30, I'm going, this is what I was capable of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't realize what I had done until I got through that particular tournament's what kind of motivated me to keep playing amateur right, golf. Right. You've made uh, several state teams, USGA state teams. They don't do yeah, those with anymore. You. One with me. <laughs> but the, the fact that you've played in some USGA events as well, I mean, that right. has to – is that the pinnacle? Well, I wouldn't say it was a pinnacle. Uh, you know, it was – Nice to be able to play in some national events. Uh, you know, I had two really good finishes. You know, mm-hmm. some one top five, one top ten. Uh, you know, it was nice to compete against some of the guys that I played college with. You know, Alan Bratton from Oklahoma State. You know, mm-hmm. their their coach. He was a great player when when he was at Oklahoma State. It was it was nice to play some high level competitive golf. But you know, one thing that people don't realize is that in Arkansas. Everybody talks about, well, it's a small state. There's not very many people there. Well, yeah, that's true. But they don't realize that there are so many good players here that don't go out and compete on the national stage. Uh, There is top-level talent. There's just not 55 of them. Mm -hmm. But there is 10, 15 of them that can play anywhere they want to play. You know, I felt like I could compete with anybody you know, it'd been a long time since I was in college playing with the best college players. I, you know, I was lucky enough to play NCAA in 90, I think, at Innisbrook with Phil yeah. Mickelson. 
Uh, I played two rounds with Tiger when I was when he was 17. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there were some things that, you know, I, I got to see top-level talent. These guys in Arkansas, like I said, there's not a lot of them, but there are very good players here. Playing in the USGA tournaments were really nice, but it's not the pinnacle. The best golf course you've ever played? Palmaf Country Club and, <laughs> and when I was growing up with George McEwen. Uh, it's a fun course. It is. It's a tight course, but then it kind of opens up on the back. And I, I can attest, I've seen you get out of trouble more on Pine Bluff Country Club than any <laughs> other course I've had the pleasure of playing with you. I don't know how you do it, but maybe it's just because that's where I grew up. I know where every tree is, and I know how to get out of every trouble pine from needle. every place. Yeah, that's right. It uh, needs to say, your your listeners may not know that we won seven uh, Pine Bluff Country Club four balls in a row. So that's a title that I was uh, just along for the ride. Don't say that now. (laughs) There were a couple matches there where you really bailed us out. (laughs) There were some when you bailed us out uh, too. You know, I I have played – I love Bandon Dunes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's a wonderful place. Uh, In Arkansas, you know, I hate to ever – they're, they're so, you know, they're, they're all my favorite. Pine Bluff, Pleasant Valley, Texarkana, Lotion, the Blessings. Yeah. They're all wonderful. They're and, all there. And what, you know, a lot of people don't realize is that just because you grow up, I was really lucky to grow up at Pine Bluff Country Club. And no, it's not long, but it taught me to work the ball with drivers yes. everywhere. Had yes. to hit it straight. Left or right Left and or right. straight. That's right. And that was a big deal for me. When you – are done, you hang up the clubs for the final time. What will you remember most about you and golf? I will remember the relationships that I've made through golf. Uh, You know, there's so many names that I can go through that are my very best friends now. You being one of them. Uh, You know, the people, that's what's so great about Arkansas. It's tight-knit. And there's so many people that I've met that have meant a lot to me and will always mean a lot to me. Uh, it's taught me values. It, it, it taught me that your reputation means something. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching my kids love the game, both of them being good players and loving the game. I, I could tell you one thing. I, there's no more pleasure that I've got out of the game than playing with my two sons and watching them hit quality golf shots. Now, there's a lot of angst there also well, when watching them play bad. Yeah, but your youngest son right now, he can hit the ball a mile. Yeah, he can hit it a mile, no doubt about it. And uh, Josh is pretty good. Josh is great, and, and, and you know, he, he's got talent, a lot of talent that could take him, you yeah. know, places. But Jake, he, he loves the game, and he, and he loves playing. What he's done with, with, with golf is what I always wanted to happen for them was to to have friends like I have and to love playing the game and compete, you know, whether it's a four ball or whether they're playing an individual tournament, I don't care. I just wanted them to love the game, to work at getting better at the game. That is absolutely what gives me the greatest sense of accomplishment than anything. Fantasy foursome, living or deceased, who would be in your fantasy foursome? I know one of them, but. My dad for sure. I wish I had listened to him more when I was younger. Uh, I'm, I, you know, my dad's still here with me. He's still here working every day. I never said he was right, 
when it, when I, when I was growing up, but he was. He was <laughs> I was right. gonna say, are you gonna say yeah, it now? Yeah, yeah he, he did. Was, he was right. Um, George McEwen for sure. Yep. And if if I could have five, my sons. Um, but uh, you know, hey, it's Pine Bluff Country Club. You can right. have a five hey, out there if you that's want. Right. You can have well, a six, can we go seven, six? or eight. That's right. <laughs> but uh, you know, you have to throw. Chris Jenkins and Brent Winston. If I if I had to play with four living people, Chris Chris Jenkins and Brent Winston are two of my dearest friends and and big influences in my golf game, and um, I love them dearly. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. Welcome back to From the Short Grass. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. I want to thank Thomas Blackman and Blackman Auctions for their sponsorship of From the Short Grass. There is no golf rules segment this week because of the news from the United States Golf Association. I wanted to make sure we got that in, but it will return next week when we sit down with Adam Carney, our PGA Master Professional. I leave you with this golf quote from legendary golfer Sam Sneed. Nobody asked how you looked, just what you shot. I hope you have a next great round on the course, and when you find your ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more, and I hope to see you from the short grass you've been listening to from the short grass a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf this has been a presentation of the buzz radio network